boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. That we definitely are, and day from JT. Welcome to another edition of Talking Greyhounds. Simone Fisher's having a well-earned break, uh, travelling somewhere overseas. Lifestyles of the rich and famous for, from Sandown Greyhound Racing Club. Jason Adams is back with me today. How are you, Jace? Very well, John. And uh, second week, I'm keeping the seat warm for Simone, so she'll be back next week. But another big week in greyhound racing, of course, up in Queensland. We had a, another Group 1 race up there and a good night at Sandown on Thursday too. So uh, a lot going on. It's another good week to be in the studio. Yeah, plenty of uh, greyhound racing action. What's been making news this week in the world of pups, Jace? Well, a bit on the agenda, of course. At the time of this recording for this show, the Bendigo Cup would have been already run and won. So if you're keen to find out all the information around that and the colour, head to grv.org.au. On Thursday night, as I said, we had a Group 1 race ran at Albion Park in Queensland. It was won by Jury. We were speaking off air before JT about the punters didn't miss him at all. Mm. I spoke about it last week. I thought he might have been the value in the race with Hayson slowly beginning well, cutting off a Punga Blazer, who unfortunately has had a back muscle out of that race. So that's unfortunate after such a... A long period of, of being injury-ridden. He's got another one uh, to get over there. Probably maybe the official retirement. Already been retired. He might be retired again. But Jury, uh, nothing taking away from his win there. Punters didn't miss him. $8 into about $4. And his second Group 1 win at the track. Of course, he won the National Sprint uh, at Albion Park last year. It's his home track. And used Box 1 to advantage. It was very good. And Tony Brett's his sixth Group 1 Winter Cup. It's an amazing achievement. That is a great fellow. He's one of the great people of our industry. Uh, and very good to see him having some more success. Also on Thursday night, the Group 2 McKenna Memorial Heats at Sandown Park, and they were very, very good. Just the four of them, but they were strong. They were highlighted by Tornado Tears, who won the first heat in 34-12, and just the way he won it, JT. I'm not sure if you've seen the replay at all, but it was like he had a jockey on his back. He was just waiting for that right time to really strike, let loose down the straight, and was a very impressive winner. Heat 2 went to out of range, who was good. Luckless a week prior, but made up for it on Thursday night. Van Ann, I thought, was good in heat number three. Challenged by Hecton Bale. Hecton Bale took over, and he's really a type that doesn't get run down mm. uh, over the 500 or over the 600, but Van Ann was very good. Uh, defeated him in the run to the line, and the final heat was taken out by Neo Cleo, who led all the way Broke through 34 seconds and was the fastest heat winner. And he, uh, her trainer, I should say, Rob Neocleus, will be speaking to him shortly to get all the lowdown uh, on Neo Cleo and how she's pulled up out of the run. There's also an, an event that GRV have announced, another Gap Adoption Day, and they're very popular, as we know, and now it heads down towards the Gippsland region at Warrigal. It's on Sunday, the 5th of August at 11 a.m. They expect they'll have at least 25 greyhounds available there. So uh, a new region, and no doubt uh, many greyhounds, if not all, would be picked up through that day. No question. Absolutely. And uh, a carryover from last week. I didn't get to mention this one last week, but the minimum bet rule. It's something that GRV has announced in the last week. We'll be speaking to one of our big punters, Michael Ty, shortly. He's, uh, he's all over this, and it's certainly a good thing for the industry. Uh, we'll touch on more about that shortly. I think it's important that uh, the punters, and th- this this doesn't affect the the, nor- the average punter, uh, Jase. This is just the high end. But to know that you can actually get a bet on, and it can't be refused for any reason. Absolutely, and it's something that doesn't apply to probably people like you or I. But the big players who, from my time in greyhound racing, there's always been a lot of people who come to you and say. I couldn't get on, or my account's been shut down, I can't get on. This is something that gets around that. So what it is, is if I place a bet um, with a bookmaker, 
they have to know who I am. So you can't do it through um, an EBT terminal mm. uh, in a retail shop. It's got to be online. So uh, they can't refuse that. No matter who it is, they can't refuse that. Up to them losing $750 for a metropolitan race and for a country race, $500. So it's a good thing for those people who pour a lot of money into the industry. Of course, wagering is a big part of our sport, and uh, I think this is a good rule for the sport. It's already been in place in other codes, and I think it's been overdue in greyhound racing. And going back to the future, when uh, when you go to the track and there would be a host of bookies, as there would have been when I was your age, <laughs> Jason yep. Bold Trees was running around, you'd have maybe 30, 40 bookmakers on track at Sandown on a Thursday night, and they had a minimum minimum bet rule. So if you went up, you you would you could place a bet. I forget what I think it was about two hundred and fifty in that era. Yep. And they had to set you along with the concession rule, John. Which, uh, from what I know about it, that was gold. Uh, concession I wish it was back around be- now. Uh, I just love concession <laughs> betting. If you're able to, to to be a sharpshooter, and the way concession betting worked is you t- you took a, a shorter price for the win. But if your greyhound ran second and third in a field of eight, you got your stake back. Sounds good to me. It's insurance. All right, let's hit the phones now on this week's edition of Talking Greyhounds. What's making news around the kennels? You're listening to Talking Greyhounds here on RSN 927. Who is our first guest, Jason? Well, we've got Rob Neocleus, who's a trainer of Neocleo, who was very, very impressive on Thursday night in a heat of the McKenna Memorial. Drawn box number three in the final, and Rob joins us on the line. Rob, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you very much. You must be absolutely stoked with the way your little girl won on Thursday night. Gee, she showed some toe, Rob. Yeah, she, I think she ran the fastest split and the fastest overall out of the four heats, so uh, she can't do much more than that, and she's uh, going really well at the moment. It's a bit of a special situation for you, Rob. Of course, there wouldn't be many greyhounds in this field that uh, have a trainer that also owns him and also bred her as well. You must be pretty proud of the way she's come about. I remember I spoke to you in December uh, when she really appeared on the on the middle distance scene. She went 34.09. And speaking to you, you said she may be one of the best greyhounds that you've ever had. About six, seven months on now, do you still have that same opinion of her? I, I still have, yes. She's got that much uh, ability. Uh, she's got to get out on the lure, and she can, uh, as you've seen uh, last night, the time she can run. Um, and there's not a lot of dogs that break the 34 at Sandown, and she, she's done that. So, uh, yes, no, she's a pretty special uh, little for me. And leading up to a final like this one next Thursday night, a, a Group 2 race in the McKenna Memorial Final, throughout the week coming, do you have a different feeling throughout the week letting the dogs out? Is there a bit more of a buzz around the kennel? No, I just I, uh, try to stake, uh, stop the same uh, routine what uh, happens during the week. But I think it's uh, always a buzz when you make a, um, a group final. But um, other than that, I won't change nothing with a routine during the week. And she's come up with box number three, of course. Tornado Tears is in box number four on your outside. Have you had a good look at the field one and two? Uh, what do you think your chances are? Um, I've had a look at the field. It's a strong field. It's um, uh, eight dogs in the field, and I think uh, any one of the eight dogs could win. Um, and you've got Tornado Fields. He's an absolutely freak. Uh, Jason Thompson's got two smart dogs in there as well. And um, uh, But if I can begin the way she did last night uh, and she's out in front, well, uh, my fingers will be crossed. <laughs> And, Rob, if she was to come out and win on Thursday night, how would that win stack up in terms of the some of the best you've had in your training career? 
Um, yeah, no, be be right right up there. I've um, made a lot of group finals over the years, but uh, I haven't actually cracked one as as yet. But uh, I've run placings in the World Cup and Trolgan Cup and uh, a lot of numerous country cups, but I haven't won one there. So I'll be over the moon if you got up one. You, uh, you 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 bred her, um, Rob. When when you were breaking her in, when did you show something, or when did you see something that you had uh, you had a good chaser on your hands? Yeah, I broke the whole litter in the, uh, myself, which I always do with my own dogs. Um, she uh, had two ham slips around Trelgan, uh first two times behind the lure, and the first time I put her out of the box, she uh, over the three hundred at Trelgan, she run winning winning time, so. Uh, she uh, has always showed me when she was 15 months. I took her the first time to Warrigal and uh, I couldn't believe what the clock read. It read 22.40, the first, the first go at 15 months old. So uh, she's always showed me uh, a heap, a heap of ability. And Rob, you obviously bred the litter. Um, it's a litter of five and not only is it Neo Cleo who's a, a gun out of litter, it's a, it's a whole litter full of, full of talent and full of strength. You must be happy with the way the rest of them are going as well. Yes, they're all. Um, there's a you know uh, a couple of litter what's a, a bit above average, but the the other three uh, are holding their own. You know, in country uh, tracks and um, you know Sunday meetings at Sandown, they've all uh, won down at Sandown. So uh, yeah, I uh, couldn't uh, be more happier than the, all, the way they're all going. And with regard to Neo Cleo, uh, Rob, is it one race at a time, or do you have any any targets in mind? Uh, no, I just. Uh, one race at a time. We'll worry about next Thursday night uh, first, then we'll just have a look at what's coming up and uh, where to place her. Well, Rob, uh, you've got a lovely little pup there. She is very, very genuine, very, very speedy. We wish you all the best next Thursday night in the McKenna. Thanks for being on Talking Greyhounds. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. All Greyhounds, every Saturday across Victoria, RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. And uh, Jace Tab quick with a market up uh, for the McKenna Memorial Tornado Tears two twenty out of range four dollars Neo Cleo who sizzled the clock four eighty Hecton Bale at eight dollars fifty. This isn't a walk in the park for Tornado Tears. No, it's not. But with a greyhound like him, you kind of almost expect the the bookmakers to be a little bit safe. I think that two twenty. We wouldn't have seen a price for like that for him for for some time. I reckon it's he's obviously drawn awkwardly. Um, but speaking to, to Peter Riley last night, of course, he's a, a representative from the Royal Britain County. He said he's had a very, very light week. They just wanted him to get through to the final, and then he's going to have a normal week uh, leading up to the final, and we're going to see the best of him, I think. If he begins well, can't be beaten. Cannot be beaten at $2.20, but um, look, we saw last night uh, on Thursday night, I should say, he gets midfield, he can still win. I think that mm. two twenty will come in. Um, the ones around him, Neo Cleo, Course, she's beginning so well at the moment. We just spoke to Robney Oakley. She's four dollars eighty. Van Ann ten dollars, who's drawn well again in box number one. Uh, and then looking to the outside, Hecton Bale at eight dollars fifty. Don't think he can win the race from out there. Although he does like the draw, it is, uh, it's it's, diff- it's a different level coming from his heat into the final. So uh, tornado tears. A little bit surprised. Two dollars twenty. Mm. It's fascinating to think what what they actually do with him. I think he's not he's not brilliant enough um, or or seasoned enough. Um, to uh, to go back like a Fanta Bale to a sprint trip. No, but the five ninety five six hundred seven fifteen seven twenty five that is right in his wheelhouse. I think this is his optimum distance. Mm. His sprint. We saw him the last time he was in a sprint race was in the launching pad final from memory, where 
It was obvious that he had a lot of ability. He was slow to begin. He got home hard, but as soon as he stepped up, he went from the 5.15 straight up to the 7.15. That's where we saw him come out and run 41.20, just out of control. Um, but I think the 5.95 is optimum distance. He's He's got speed to lead those races. Uh, he's very strong. So, yeah, look, he's going to be hard to beat, I think. Box 4 is not going to be too much of a trouble for him. He's a, he's a freak of nature and, without doubt, the best greyhound in the country at the moment. It's just phenomenal to think that uh, w- that Rob Britton has just retired Fanta Bale, but he had this bloke lurking at home. Yeah, and he would have known that too. He, yeah. he oh, picks yeah. him a long way out. Oh, yeah. Um, Mick Floyd last week put together a, a bit of a comparison after 20 starts with Tornado Tears, Fanta Bale, Donna Double One and, and Fernando Bale. And, uh, look, Tornado Tears is on par, if not a, ahead of them after 20 starts. So he's got a lot ahead of him. Um, he's not invincible. He can be beaten, but he's a freak of nature. Yeah. And if he goes on to keep doing what he's doing already, well, it's going to be scary to think what he ends up with. Just look out. We'll take a break here on uh, Talking Greyhounds on RSN 927 and Talking Greyhounds today, presented by Christmas in July at the Meadows. I love this. Enjoy the lip-smacking Christmas buffet for just $45. And, of course, exhilarating greyhound racing every Saturday night in July. You can book now, 93555222. Marg Long will take your phone call or jump online to themeadows.org.au. Love your doggies, the Greyhound Leader, RSN 927. Doggy News, from start to finish, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. With uh, JT and Jason Adams from Sandow Greyhound Racing in the studio this Saturday morning, run of the week, Jace. Easy option, but I've gone with Tornado Tears on Thursday night. He was just stunning in the opening heat of the McKenna Memorial. I thought, looking on trackside and and working at the club and trying to make a fist and and promote these big races, you want the big guns to get through. And when he was midfield, I thought, got to do a bit of work here, and that's exactly what he did. And James Vandermart said after the call, he said it was just like he had a jockey on his back. It was exactly like that. He pulled the trigger at exactly the right time. There's plenty of greyhounds that win in that fashion. There's not mm. many who win in that fashion when they're running fast time. He still went 34-12. So, look, we, we speak about him all the time. He's a freak. I thought he was very good on Thursday night. Did what he had to do to get through to next week. And then we should see him pull the trigger and be at his very, very best. Yeah, it's just one of those greyhounds that just has what I call race smarts. He seems to know what's going to happen and then can anticipate. A bit like his brother, Rip and Sam. Yeah. Like um, being run on stayer like that, you you don't win as many races as what he did without having to know how to navigate through the traffic rather than just running out bums, which we've seen many do in the past. But mm. um, yeah, race smart, and, and that's what the champions are. Dogs to follow. How did we go last week? Last week, we had a wise PK who won uh, two Thursday nights back at Sandown Park. He's not drawn anywhere at the moment, but I think certainly one to keep following. I expect he will step up in trip sooner or later. Uh, it does look like he's got a lot of strength and a lot of talent. Okay, so keep a watch out on Wise PK uh, when he uh, draws a race. Uh, what about one to follow for this week, Jace? Well, there's one out of Sandown Park on Thursday night just gone. Out of the maiden final, it was often imitated. Her name is. She's had two career starts for two wins, the maiden heat and the maiden final. Gone quick, 29.49, 29.64. But just a fashion, she's, she's won. I mean, she's won it from box seven, box one. Speared out of the boxes, run fast time, and looks like Brad Greeno. He hasn't been training for that long. Of course, he, he took out his first winner with Salute the Judge a couple mm-hmm. of months back, and now he looks like he's got a, a very smart one on his hands as well and, and very well-bred. Casey and all, of course, the American sire uh, with the mum, sweet it is. So we're uh, well aware of what her credentials were in the racetrack and looks like 
The Greeno camp have a, a very smart one here with often imitated. Keep a watch out for uh, that pup. And what about a best bet this weekend? Best bet. Well, look, tonight, race 11, number 8 at the Meadows. Kulu Lightning, who was a winner from the same draw on the 30th of June, went 30-10 on that occasion. This thing tonight, she's got Rig 55 on her inside, who's a, a slow beginner and loves the hunt to the fence. So she's going to get room. Um, she's not a totally reliable beginner, but she's strong. If she does get that room, she should be able to muster a bit of speed. I think the danger in the race is probably number four, Junior Wizard, who's not long back from a long spell. He's really building back to some of his best work, but... Race 11, number 8 tonight, Kulu Lightning at the Meadows. All right, uh, that is the best bet tonight at the Meadows. We've got a bit of a wait, but let's hope it is a sweet wait. Let's hit the phones. What's making news around the kennels? This is big news, uh, Jace. The other two codes have, have introduced minimum bet uh, policies and now uh, GRV are going to introduce the same for the Greyhounds and it's not too far away because this will come in August 1. Yeah, right on our doorstep and it's a great thing for the industry to have something like this brought in. As you said, JT, the other two codes already have something in place and to bring one into Greyhound Racing is overdue. As I said earlier on the show, there's a lot of people who say my account's been shut down, can't get on, etc. So this is a... A very good thing, and to speak a bit more about it in depth is an avid greyhound punter in Michael Ty. Michael joins us. Welcome to the show. Morning, Chase. Morning, John. Thanks for having me on. Not a worry in the world. This is this is a good outcome for greyhound punters, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, definitely. So basically, the, these wagering service providers from from August one, as Jay said, will um, have to accept a fixed odd bet um, at odds that are displayed on their website. So from the bookies' point of view, for non-metro races, they'll have to. Um, um, let the punter on and, and have them lose $500 and for the Metro races to lose 750 So basically, if you're having a bet at Shepparton on a Monday night, um, you'll be able to have $100 on it on a $6 pop and, and basically that they'll have to take it, obviously, with a few um, conditions that we'll go through. Is that enough, Michael? Because I was speaking to um, a, a fellow you'd know, Ken McKenzie, about it and he's, he's obviously very pleased that it's come in, but the, the $750 for a Metropolitan race, the $500 for a country race, do you think that, that meets the expectations of what people would have hoped for a, a policy like this when it came, when it came in? Um, the answer is probably yes and no, Jase. Firstly, like GRV, it's definitely to be commended on introducing um, this MBL. They're the first state to do so for greyhound racing. Um, and, yeah, it is long overdue for punters to get more of a fair go. Um, obviously, the higher the betting turnover, the better it is for the greyhound industry. I suppose the main disappointment for me, there's two of them really, um, is that if I had a dollar for every time I, I heard that the greyhound in, uh, code has taken over harness as the number two, yet um, harness have a 1,000 um, minimum bet limit on Metro meetings, whereas we've only gone with the 750. So I suppose that's probably my main disappointment. And uh, in addition, the two-hour um, provision that they've got is also going to be pretty tricky given that predominantly greyhound races are at night. Yeah, you mentioned that two-hour rule. So what it is, this minimum bet rule is only uh, triggered, I guess, two hours before race one of a race meeting. So I think in thoroughbred racing, this is from 9am in the morning. Correct, Robert. yeah, it's a 9 o'clock kickoff. Um, and you probably know a bit more about this, JT, that there's a lot of traffic after that period mm -hmm. for a certain 10-minute block. Um, a lot of money pours in. And, Michael, with this, obviously we speak about that 9am time slot where the money really pours in in, in gallops. The two hours out from the first race, for example, uh, a Thursday night at the moment at Sandown Park at 4 o'clock, do you think we're going to see that high traffic and a lot of fluctuations like we do in thoroughbred racing? 
But honestly, it's definitely going to be really fascinating to see how it first plays out the first few weeks. Unfortunately, I do think there will be a bit of chaos. And the part that worries me is that a lot of the corporates open up their markets at 130 140%, which is really, really poor for the punter, obviously. And people still seem to be diving in and taking these odds early, almost like a race to see who can get on first. And that's really, really bad. Um, so, Why is that bad, if you don't mind me asking? Well, because people are just taking too shorter odds. Um, it, you know, um, if they let the market settle a bit more, so I, I suppose it's a patience game if you've got the, the kahuna, so to speak, to let it play out and let the market settle closer to 100% and you'll get better odds. But whether that happens or not is going to be fascinating to see. And why do you think, like I mentioned before about people uh, having complaints about their accounts shutting down, is this a, a great tool for those people who are, have made those complaints in the past? Is this why this, this policy has been introduced? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these wagering service providers have been getting away with murder for too long, really. Like, a lot of punters, all they ask for is a fair go, especially on the dogs. They seem to get shut down more quicker than you would on, say, thoroughbreds. Um, so, yeah, as I said, yeah, GRV are definitely to be commended on implementing this. Um, let's say on a, on a Thursday night stand down, if you like a $8 pop, you might have $100 on through Tabcor, and then you might have $100 on through Corporate Y, and then another 100 on through Corporate X. All of a sudden, you've got Three or four hundred dollars on it, um, eight to eight dollars, um, which is really a, a fair go, and that's all that's all we want. Mm. Yeah, and I think it, for the people you've spoken with, I know Eddie Caruana has been a, a great push behind uh, getting this this thing in place. Where are you going to be on August the first? Are you going to be watching the first meeting that opens up? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, Jace. Um, like I said, I'll just I'll be I'll either be cringing or rejoicing. I'm just not sure. I think it's going to take a few weeks to sort of see what people are doing and how they're playing. But um, obviously, you know, the great game that it is, it's just going to be a wait-and-see job. And hopefully, um, the trigger fingers on some punters who bet too early, hopefully they can refrain from doing so and just seeing what happens with the market is probably my number one advice. I suppose what it does also do, uh, Mike, is in that couple of hours leading up to uh, the start of a meeting, if uh, the, a punter thinks that that is the correct price, it'll put liquidity into the market, which it desperately needs. Exactly. Like some of the country meetings, um, you know, say um, Hillsville on a Friday or something, there's, there's not much um, liquidity in that pool. So anything that can encourage, um, you know, more betting is, is obviously great. And I suppose the number one thing that the corporates have got to do is make sure that they do let um, punters on on August 1st. And I, I definitely recommend flooding their lines. Um, if they're not doing so, call them and, um, you know, demand that um, your account be opened back up before um, going any further with it anyway. I think they're going to be pretty good, though. Looking at this policy, uh, if if there is something that takes place uh, in a situation like Michael's referring to, there's a complaints uh, email. You can go to racefieldsadmin at grv.org.au. You can go there if something's up gone wrong, but uh, it should be all sweet. The minimum bet policy in place August 1st. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. I'm mostly looking forward to the flux of the market. As soon as that two hours mm. uh, clicks over before a race, I think that's going to be very exciting. But, Michael, thanks for joining us. Okay. Thanks, John. All Greyhounds, every Saturday across Victoria. RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds.
Interesting chat there with Michael Tyson. Minimum bet rules from August 1. Talking Greyhounds today, presented by Christmas in July at the Meadows. Enjoy the lip-smacking Christmas buffet and electrifying greyhound racing every Saturday night up to the Maturity Classic final night, July 28. You can book now 93555222 or jump on the website themeadows.org.au. We're about to wrap up the show. Jace, what's happening this week? A lot going on, of course, as we've discussed, the McKenna Memorial Final Thursday night at Sandown Park. Group 2 event, we see the megastar of Australian Greyhound Racing Tornado Tears engaged. Going to be great to see him go around again next Saturday. The heats of the maturity, I'm sure uh, Simone will comment further on that on next week's show. And up in Queensland, of course, it's been a, a massive five or six weeks up there with a lot of great racing, but this kind of puts the cherry on top. They've got a State of Origin series, and the fields are just hot off the press so representing Queensland, we've got Jury, of course, won the Group 1 Winter Cup on Thursday night. Slick, Bubble Guppy, Morris Minor, they're the sprinters for the stayers for Queensland, Champagne Sally, Jalapeno, Double G, and Shoes to Fill. A match race as well. It's Dylan taking on two times twice from New South Wales over the sprint. A couple of highlights from the New South Wales team are Rowan Hill over the sprint. Also, Evie Ripper and Shabini, of course, the one that created headlines a couple of weeks back with that massive run at Wentworth Park. So that's Thursday night at Albion Park. That's uh, going to be very intriguing. And for more details on that, head to racingqueensland.com.au. Well played, uh, team up in Queensland. Hey, that's our show, Jace. Well done the last two weeks. Been a pleasure. Anytime you need me, I'll be here. But just keeping the seat warm. So Simone, professional, back in the seat next week. In the meantime, you keep those tails wagging. Thanks, Jace. Jason Adams there from Sandown Greyhound Racing Club. Well, that's it for Talking Greyhounds today. JT saying good morning. Uh, short break coming up and then the dynamic duo in to talk about Tabcorp Park Melton tonight. Vic Bread Super Series. What a cracking night coming up. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.